0: Hi, I'm Elise Lunen, co-host with Gwyneth of the Goop Podcast. Today's guest is none other than Issa Ray from Insecure. I'm very excited to be talking with her and very excited to be starting the second season of a special series called Women on Top, which is all made possible by our friends at Banana Republic. The most interesting businesses are born out of curiosity. This is the space that Gwyneth was in when she started Goop. It's also the space from which Banana Republic was founded back in 1978 by two California creatives with adventurous spirits. Last fall, we partnered with a team at Banana Republic to celebrate curiosity by talking with women who are redefining what it means to be powerful and brave. And we're very excited to be back for a second series. I hope you love listening to these conversations as much as I love having them. And I know you'll be deeply inspired by these women. So please keep listening and keep shopping with our friends at Banana Republic. To see our favorites from their spring collection, head to bananarepublic.com slash goop and to see our special capsule collection head to goop.com slash the Edit.
1: don't hold anything too tightly just wish for it want it let it come from the intention of real truth for you and then let it go
0: for me our soul is like it's unbound it's limitless but we will use words to limit ourselves When people stop believing that somebody's got your back or Superman's coming, we turn to ourselves and that's where you become empowered.
1: Courageous participation attracts positive things.
0: I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders, and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers, and seekers. Here to start conversations, Because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Today is no exception. I'll let Elise fill you in on her
1: extraordinary guest. All right, over to Elise.
0: Issa Rae is an Emmy and Golden Globe-nominated actress who is the creator, writer, producer, and star of Insecure. Today, we cover a lot of ground. We talk about what it means to be awkward, and more importantly, not letting that get in the way of our success— Ray tells us what she thinks about gaining recognition and how awards might become updated. She explains why she didn't want to talk about race publicly in the past and how her perspective has evolved. Ray shares the inspiration behind her work and how she believes in staying grounded and relatable. And we talk about being successful women in our industries and understanding our own power. A
1: lot of people are satisfied with just hearing or seeing what they see, hearing what they hear and going by that and not necessarily marching or seeking or researching the truth.
0: Okay, let's get to my chat with Issa Rae. Thanks for being here. Huge my pleasure. Fan. You have amazing skin. I'm sure you hear that all Thank the time. Thank you. I have makeup on. I know, thanks. but still, you can <laughs> always tell. I just read your book, which is probably annoying because I know it came out four years ago. Man,
1: there's so much stuff in there. Like I, It's so interesting because with books, you... I don't go back – I've never gone back and read it, and yeah, I forgot what I wrote. Whereas, like, TV shows and other stuff you do, you can, like, pop it in and yeah. look at it. But I don't even want to know what's in there. <laughs> There's some stuff I know. I just told too much of my business. But I don't think you did. I for sure did. My aunts do. My mom – Really? I let my mom read it, but – What what parts were job. offensive? I'm not going to rehash <laughs> it so that like,
0: people can, like, buy it and go look. Uh, I – In the context of Insecure, you think that the book is revealing? Yeah, because it's literally my life. And I'm very,
1: I'm private for the most part. Like, I don't just talk shit about my family. But I was, it felt like I was writing journal entries in a, you know, and a lot of those things were from like, you know, early 20s, things like that, rehashing old essays, just fun thoughts. And you don't think about, or at least I didn't think about the fact that this is going to live on as a representation of me. Right, right. Like, you know, forever.
0: What's interesting, one thing that I thought was interesting, and I'm sure you feel differently now, because the book obviously came out at a different time politically. But you essentially were like, I'm so tired of talking about race. Oh, and so funny. Yeah. And now that's all I do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, during that time, I think, to an extent... It's, it depends on who's asking me to talk about race. Because I yeah. just had that at the beginning of the year where I was like, I'm not participating in any more diversity conversations. Like, ask white people about diversity. Don't ask mm-hmm. me. I don't want to be the face of that. I don't want to represent that constantly. You know? It's just, it's not my issue to fix. Yeah. And I think that's also what I meant back then to a degree. Yeah. but. That was also before Trayvon Martin. That was before so many other things.
0: No, but that's essentially what you said, where you were like, can we essentially – like, can we get to this – can we move on in the conversation and just have it be – and not be niche characters that are only found on Netflix and HBO? And Mm. and that was, I think, too – you talked about Shonda, like, coming onto the scene and starting to create a different narrative. But, but, like – what I thought was so interesting, too, is that you were talking about growing up on Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. So much has changed. <laughs> so much has changed. But the, then there was a departure. Like, what hap- What was that departure? Cable, I think. I think yeah. in the w- same way that, like, streaming
1: platforms are changing the game in terms of opening up audiences. I think cable made networks scared. And they were just like, oh, our our audiences are fragmented what are we going to do? How can we capture the most eyeballs possible? Oh, we have to make broad content and to appeal to the broad audiences. Mm-hmm. That means you have to have white faces because they're the most relatable people to everyone. And I think that made it so that you, know, you didn't see as many diverse stories on television because there was this belief that mm-hmm. that wouldn't sell and appeal. I
0: was listening to NPR and they were talking about sort of award shows and the need to bleep and how annoying it was that there were these outdated ideas about what's acceptable on cable and that sort of the FCC like can get slapped with a lawsuit when a celebrity says shit or fuck. And that... You know, essentially they're like, they make it impossible for cable to even compete with the culture. Mm -hmm. And now this was staggering to me. The average age of a cable viewer is 60.
1: The average age? Mm
0: -hmm. Apparently. That's what I heard on.
1: Well, that's so interesting because even with HBO, their demographics are significantly different than the aim of our demographics for Insecure. And when they gave us a season one report of the people that were watching, it was... Staggering to me, it was just like this is the age range, and of course, by by the time we got to season two, like they because it was it, older
0: than you expected. It was way
1: older. It was way wider. You know, and then second season, those numbers changed as as more people started to find us. But it's just yeah, that that's very interesting. Isn't to that me. Wild? And even now,
0: because mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder if they're more so now because I think everyone has abandoned.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah yeah, cable yeah, yeah. Yes, to go to the streaming networks. To go Absolutely. to streaming networks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so,
0: you know, like, I don't even know if my, my child will understand what cable is. Because straight Like, both of them, straight to Netflix or whatever random weird stuff that they watch.
1: Yeah, it's also interesting that people don't really pay attention to what networks things start at. Yeah. Like, it really is just about kind of a la carte shows that you mm-hmm. just watch. And, and Netflix is a verb, you know. Mm. It's just... Everybody thinks everything is on Netflix and that's just part of <laughs> <laughs> part of the culture, right? Go now. to
0: HBO guys for season four of Insecure. Thank you for that. It's interesting too. Like I know you have received a fair number of awards, Emmys, Peabody. Does that matter? Like, do you think that that's that do you care about stuff like that or
1: I've only gotten a Peabody out of the things that she oh, mentioned? You were <laughs> nominated for which, an Emmy. Which thank you for that. Do I care about it? Um, I go back and forth. You know, I think during the time you just get anxiety because you want to be because there's so much competition for eyeballs. I think that's where it matters to me where I'm just like, if we get spotlighted here, then that means more people will know about our show. And in that sense, yeah, I do care because I want people to Mm -hmm. check our things out. And I don't want us to slip through the cracks. But in, in terms of being awarded... No, I don't really care.
0: Do you think it's relevant? I mean, I know like you went viral too (laughs) with congratulations to all those men. But do you think I feel like the more times that stuff like that happens, at least for women and any like any marginalized group, I feel like it's just it's it's sort of to me going the way of cable. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I completely agree with you. It almost feels like. Who, it's like who is, the
0: last gasp of the patriarchy is
1: nothing's gonna be done. Like what is? We're always having these conversations, and that's yeah. to the point that you brought up earlier about the book. Can we can I stop talking about race? It's just like we go through these cycles of caring a lot and accepting minor changes, and then being like, "Oh, okay, we're good." No, we're not, and it just happens mm-hmm. all over again. And the changes are just so incremental. And we just sound like broken records.
0: Yeah. Progress is slow, frustratingly slow. Yeah. And yet, like, for you, what was – because I, like, I actually relate – my dad's a doctor as well. He grew up in South Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah. So definitely not Senegal. But, like, do you – and you talked about, like, I don't think you – I'm older than you, so this is my reference. But, like, you went to, like, you had a childhood of, like, being in a Benetton poster, right? Like, you weren't that aware of race. Like, you talked about, at least when you were in grade school. I was aware. Like, I was
1: aware that for sure that I was black. I was for sure proud. But I didn't know that people hated us. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that there were, like, I guess hierarchies even interracially. And I don't think that I was aware of. What that meant for me, you know, just even as a black woman alone or a black girl, I was born in LA and then obviously I was really young, like didn't move to Senegal until four and in, in Senegal, we were surrounded by
0: mm-hmm.
1: black people. So I didn't really have to think about it. It was just my Americanness that was like, that stood out. And then I'm, we had to move to Maryland after that. And that's when it was just like, oh, diversity and mm-hmm. okay, Jewish girl, Asian girl, like we're all, yes, we're all power rangers of colors. And I knew that I was different, but you were too, so right, what are you going to say to me? And then moving back to L.A. was like, oh, this is, now there's, I'm around more black people, but there are different types of ways to be black and some that are deemed unacceptable.
0: Right. And then you went to prim- like very white schools
1: yes then I went to very white schools and found myself well I went to a white middle school I went to Brentwood Mm -hmm. and found myself still in kind of black circles Mm -hmm. but there was then the the added layer of oh privileged black circles right with the exception of like a few students Um, and then I went to an all black high school and that changed the game for me black and Latino
0: we'll get back to Issa Rae in just a second Just last week, our fashion team launched a new capsule collection with Banana Republic designed for the modern woman. The Goop Edit for Banana Republic includes five classic pieces. There's an oversized khaki trench coat, a navy polo and pleated poplin skirt, and high-rise pants. And because it's Goop, there's obviously a puff sleeve blouse. The collection is meant to be worn every day and any day, so you can dress the pieces up or down. The Goop Edit was also inspired by the second season of our special podcast series called Women on Top. We teamed up with Banana Republic again to celebrate some true modern icons. Over the next several weeks, I'll be sitting down with women who lead with power, grace, and curiosity, and who I think define what it means to break boundaries. So keep listening. And to shop the new capsule collection now, exclusively on Goop, head to goop.com slash thegoopedit. On the average day, I spend a lot of time indoors, and I definitely spend too much time looking at screens. Because I work at Goop, I know all about birthing or walking barefoot outside to help me stay grounded. And more recently, I've been learning about the role indoor lighting plays in overall health and well-being. Brilli is a new home lighting brand designed to support your natural biological rhythms. Brilli's Charge Up collection is designed to stimulate the brightness and clarity of natural daylight. These bulbs are ideal for working under and powering through your to-do list. Brilli's Wind Down collection is designed to simulate late afternoon and evening light. Picture a soft warm glow. There's less than 1% blue light in these bulbs to help you unwind at the end of the day and prepare to sleep. And their Get in Sync collection allows you to customize the light spectrum throughout the day, simulating the full range of effects from sunrise to sunset to support a healthy sleep-wake cycle. While Brilli's lighting is unique, everything runs simply. You don't need any special software or hardware. Just turn on the lights and you're getting the wellness benefits. To try Brilli for yourself, head to bebrilli.com and use code GOOP to get 15% off your first order. That's B-E-B-R-I-L-L-I.com and use code GOOP. Back to my chat with Issa Rae. Just even thinking of Brentwood, which is where I live, it's like... LA is so segregated. It sure
1: is. It's so segregated. Because I've never been back. <laughs> <I> don't, <laughs> there's, yeah, I don't, I haven't been back to Brentwood with the exception of maybe one time for a meeting to yeah. eat at that bomb ass restaurant that everybody goes to. There's too many.
0: Oh, really? I feel like we there are no good restaurants. Well, there's John and Vinny's now. Not,
1: oh, the John and Vinny's moved out there? Yeah. We're getting one in South LA, which is crazy.
0: No, it's not one that's farm like a farm shop. The, is in the B- Brentwood Country Mart. Yeah, yeah,
1: yes. <laughs> so there. Okay, maybe there are not that many good <laughs> restaurants out there. But yeah, I don't. It, it it is super segregated in that you can just live in your own yeah bubble or pocket and be
0: it's, unaware of everything. It's going pretty crazy, you. actually. So let's talk about awkwardness because you, have to me, seem like the least awkward person ever. Thank you. Is that something you feel like you've transcended? I mean, don't you think we're
1: all awkward? I think we're all awkward, but some are more aware than others. And I think that awareness is just such a play because you're always thinking about like, oh, I said that wrong. Or why did I I maintain eye contact for too long? Why did I, (laughs) what do they think I meant? You know, and it's just that is the worst anxiety have in this industry. Like I just had a moment the other day where I was just like, well, when am I ever going to be normal around this person? This person probably thinks that I'm a fucking idiot because of the way that I act. And it's just all in the spirit of not trying to make people uncomfortable, but making myself uncomfortable as a result.
0: (laughs) But so do you think awkwardness is really just, I mean, obviously it's self-consciousness, but is it more like a sensitivity? Like, do you think that's the thing that's distinguishing or do you think looking back that you really were awkward or you were just hyper aware?
1: I think it's both. I think it is a sensitivity, but that's also got to be coupled with some lack of self-awareness. I think there's a spectrum of awkwardness and some people, and I don't think I miss, it's not necessarily the sensitivity, it's the lack of sensitivity and the lack of awareness. And I think I fall on the spectrum of just sometimes being overly aware and Mm. overly sensitive when it may not matter.
0: Right. When the the impression of you is not of awkwardness at all,
1: right? I guess I don't know. No, what do you mean? I don't know. I just <laughs> I want to. I
0: just mean like to me. I want to be you. Like I. You want to be. I feel like you move with a certain amount of like grace and. That's so funny because people say that about my mom, and I'm oh, like. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I see how she looks that way on the outside, but she is the most awkward person. So I'm thank you. I received that compliment. <laughs> but she's goofy. She says the wrong thing. She's always like, I, I blame her for what I have. So, um, but every single time I say that, people are like, no, your mom is just, ugh, she's so regal. And I'm like,
0: what? Who? Delina Jope is? <laughs> so, yeah. No, I think that for, I would, maybe I'm just projecting, but that people look to you for how to behave. W- where? I think in the culture, <laughs> you probably—I'm sure—you can't perceive yourself that way. I think
1: people identify with the the awkwardness, the the attempts to to keep it cool, you know.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm sure that's part of it, but I but I think it's I think that people probably identify with the—I don't even know if I'd call it awkwardness, but the self like the self awareness. Mm. And but
1: I think that's just also culturally, people are embracing just authentic people yeah. looking to, like I see that with even artists that I like, like Summer Walker and Ari Lennox who are just like painfully uncomfortable in certain situations or painfully earnest in a way that in the past would be frowned upon. Like, yeah, girl, keep it together, you know? And I think... So many people identify with with just those struggles. To go back to your other question about like, is everybody awkward? Yes, everybody is going through something, and we all feel like we can't talk to each other, especially
0: mm-hmm.
1: in this age. It's just you know we're we're because we're segregated or because we're so fragmented. It, it's just harder to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. To each other.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense too. And I feel like for a long time, and I don't really look at us, I can't remember if it was us or Star, or one of those celebrity tabloids, but when I, that whole celebrities are just like us. Yeah. <laughs> where it was often <laughs> set up by publicists, which I don't know if the so stupid. people I didn't know that. realized. Oh, yeah. Did not know that. They'd be like, go and they'd send the paparazzi to take their photo at like CVS. What? Yes. No, they didn't. Yeah, So then
1: the, the implication is that the celebrities just never shopped at CVS?
0: They, my, most likely. <laughs> no, yes. I don't believe that. Yes, no, they were often, maybe not, uh, also, let's say, let's call it like 75% staged of celebrities doing real things but in the real world. But what's the point world. of that, just
1: to get like, oh, we have a movie coming out, so go shop at
0: CVS? Yeah, people who, who, who needed to get because there was a you know time when that was the only thing that seemed to drive anything. Yeah, And I think that there's always been this insistence by the, like this need to relate, right? And mm. so the only way to relate, like I used to, when I worked at um, Lucky Magazine, rest in peace, <laughs> I used to write um, cover stories and they were always in, within the shopping lens which was really actually difficult so you couldn't tell much of a story. And I would sit with celebrities I won't name names, but there was one in particular who was so attached to this image of, like, being sort of an every girl. She was in the, the country music industry. That It was like – it took us three hours. She was like, I – I was like, what brands do you like? And she was like, um, like, racking her brain. I mean, the girl wears designer clothing hmm. and doesn't go to the mall. And she was like, Victoria's Secret Pink. Like, she was, like, <laughs> reaching. I was like, what do you – um, Who are you? It was an interesting it was just Lian rhymes. No. Uh,
1: tell us it. <laughs> okay.
0: It was it was a really interesting watching someone self create and be so dis- need to distinguish themselves as just like everyone else. And I don't know. I so I feel like too that it's that. It's mm. this sort of unabashed like I don't know how to be anyone but myself. I mean,
1: I think the, in that there is for sure a fear of like being out of touch. Like for me, celebrity culture in general is such a scary thing. Like yeah. the person that I was talking about that I'm always awkward around, I'm like, oh, she can never be also normal because she is such a huge...
0: Rihanna. Rihanna. <laughs>
1: Nope. But yes, her too, for sure. Stay awkward around her. But no, there's 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 that element. And there's like when people feel like they can't touch you where it's just worship. Yeah. I, like, I'll be fine. I won't get there. But there is an element of like, when is this person still real anymore? Do they even know, you know, can they go to CVS? Do they even know how to relate to other people? And I think for me, I just want to make sure that my stories stay...
0: Grounded and relatable yeah.
1: because that's why I got into it too.
0: So what what are the touchdowns like? Who are the people who like bring you down? The fact
1: that I'm from here and that my friends are from here, yeah. my family is here, is very helpful. Like I feel very rooted in yeah. L. A. And I think they're very responsible for making sure that I'm I'm good and I, I make <laughs> it. You know, I just make it a point. Like, I'm not really immersed in the scene. And I, like I said, because, you know, growing up here, it helps that this is just... You, you recognize this as a job. Yeah. And so you go to work and then you come home. And on weekends when you're not working, you're kicking it.
0: How do you... And I think that this is relevant for everyone, regardless of of who you are. I think about this for myself as well. And I've heard, you know... You talk about, I think it was Shonda. Someone was like, just be a bitch. Like, you just need to be a bitch. Like, in this world, Uh, particularly within entertainment, how do you bridge that gap? Because I think for women, it's always this. It's like, be self-empowered, which Mm -hmm. is my least favorite action. I'm like, why do I need to empower myself? Fuck you, culture. But that sort of the likability and then also being... High, like sort of the obstreperousness, or like the the fatigue that comes with like threading that needle, and just being like, no, I'm done. Yeah, like it's, it's
1: something that I like have to balance too, because it's like all you have as a woman in this industry is your reputation. Like I seen, it, I've seen it happen so many times to so many times to even female directors that I admire. Just the reputation that happens really quickly of like, ugh, they're difficult, and mm-hmm. they just, and it's just, it's. The bar is so much higher for for women. Like you have to, in so many instances, deliver something just in the most saccharine way possible, even though you're feeling like you idiots. Like mm-hmm. I've said this multiple times. Or what? Am I speaking a different language? Like why do I have to? Be super sweet to get something done
0: mm-hmm. when
1: I see my male counterpart is just like, no, I said, do it. And people like, you know, rush to, mm-hmm. to, do, to do whatever he asks to do his bidding. But I think for me, it has been like, I'm generally not, I'm not a yeller. I do like nice people. I like to be nice when possible and polite. But there are those moments where I know if I have a human moment in Snap, that that's my reputation. Mm-hmm. And that that does bother me.
0: We'll get back to Issa Rae in just a second. Recently on the Goop podcast, I got to sit down with Dr. Robin Burson, an incredibly wise functional medicine physician. We talked about why she believes the scope of our healthcare system is dated and how we can bridge the gap between wellness and medicine. When Robin realized our current healthcare system was due for a major upgrade, she created Parsley Health. Parsley Health combines the best of modern medicine with a functional, holistic approach. Their mission is to get to the root cause of illness instead of just treating the symptoms, and to ultimately help people optimize their well-being. When you sign up with Parsley Health, you can expect hour-long doctor's appointments, advanced diagnostic testing that looks at everything from your hormones to your gut to your microbiome. Their doctors work with you to create a personalized health plan that factors in nutrition, fitness, sleep, and supplementation. You'll also be paired with a health coach to help support you and keep you accountable when you need it. A Parsley Health membership includes five doctor visits as well as five health coach visits per year. And now their online care program, which is called Complete Care Anywhere, allows you to access your doctor and personal health coach from anywhere you might be. I recently signed up with Parsley Health and I really appreciate how easy the site is to navigate and how all of your tests and information is in one space. Parsley Health is offering our listeners an exclusive offer of $150 off a year-long membership. Just go to ParsleyHealth.com and enter code GOOP. That's P-A-R-S-L-E-Y health.com and use code GOOP to get $150 off a year-long membership. Back to my chat with Issa Rae. How will that ever change? I mean, I think it's that is... Across every industry, right, regardless of celebrity, it's this, you know, it's the Howard, Heidi, HBS study where they present two case studies, one with someone named Howard and one with someone named Heidi, and they're both entrepreneurs. I think they're trying to raise money, and in reading it, they said Howard seemed strong and Mm. wise and knows what he wants, And for Heidi, she's she's no one that anyone would want to work for, (laughs) and she seemed like it's it's in all the papers. Essentially, it's like it doesn't matter what industry, and it's like it
1: sure doesn't.
0: It sure doesn't. But at the same time, it's like who has the power? I think of you as having someone who has the power to say I don't care. But like how? But even then, like my my power
1: is limited like it's it's relegated to a certain expertise even because I've been even recently in an environment where it was just like yeah we want we we all want the same things we all want the same things and in speaking up about like hey we said we all want the same things but yet they're just all white dudes here so Mm -hmm. what's up like the people in power still don't like to take chances in certain instances They're like we tried okay but sorry like this is just we have to hire these people because this is system and like when it's in when it's ingrained and it's just systemic like what power do you what do I really have? You yeah. Know?
0: Well you can't you were found on your own, right? Like that was through YouTube. Mm-hmm. That was it's not like someone picked you at a casting and gave you your career. Like you broke through and emerged. And I think about things like the Academy Awards and the fact that no women are nominated for director as like the dying of – I was thinking – I was at a media conference again, all, almost all white men, no – really almost no people of color. And I was like, you got – like, this is dying. Like, mm. this is – I don't know how many more gasps it has, but it d- feels like we're at a point where it's like, give people what they want, and what they want is not that. And I know you still have to operate, and I have – we all have to operate within these old systems – but Because even hearing you say, like, my journey,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I still had to be found by a system. Like, HBO right. is a system owned by Time Warner, and they were two white executives. I love them. But, like, but and even before that, it was Shonda Rhimes and Betsy Beers, bless them, but that's still ABC. It's still a system. Right. You know, so you still have to get kind of ingratiated into it. And so yeah. after a while, you become part of it. Yeah, which is very depressing. But it's just like, what changes can you make on the inside? And I think that's what, for me, is so important. Like, I can continue to talk about it outwardly, but I I just would rather make those moves inside. And and that's what I'm trying my best to do.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems like you're doing it. I know. I don't know. I feel impatient. I think a lot of people, I think all, a majority of women who aren't part of Oh, how to say this gently but like women who seem aware of what's happening i think are equally frustrated mhm yeah how do i say that gently <laughs> <laughs> you did you did you did a great
1: job oh, okay. you didn't see. condemn anybody
0: <laughs> so are you then i guess are you optimistic
1: i'm always optimistic because i'm always optimistic as long as i can see change that i'm making yeah and even change that my peers are making Mm -hmm. and you can't i i can't live life as a pessimist or else i just you know i'd stop so yes part of me is optimistic do i get frustrated often do i get angry all the time yes Mm -hmm. but
0: yeah and i think too within this industry like within medias in general i feel like in the same way that people are starting to bring Accountability and transparency to supply chains around the environment mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. workers' rights. It's the same thing with media. It's who made it, who, who's in it, right? What's the crew? And, you know, tech, for example, sort of is on the front lines being called out for their lack of diversity, mm-hmm. and they're hustling, not obviously as fast as they need to, because but they're hustling to try to fill those pipelines with people of color, women and other marginalized communities, disabled people, thats like whoever it might be to make sure that they're representing society. And I think too, when we consume media, like we, as, as we have to be cognizant of like who is making it and who is being given chances to tell these stories.
1: Completely. And I think for the most part, we are, we're having those conversations constantly. And I think that's what's led to this current boom. And I think, you know, even with, the changes that are happening in streaming, mm-hmm. they just allow for for more niche audiences to see what they want. It's how I felt about the internet, you know? Yeah. How I felt about YouTube it was just like you could find what you wanted to watch um, just by searching.
0: Yeah. Um, no, for sure. I mean, that's the thing about the... I, I, the world it's like this idea of authority and i know it's scary to some people like it all gets wrapped up in the same sort of like oh my god there's no truth anymore you know the hysteria which i think just fuels this like no let's keep it top down it needs mm. to be top down and we need to decide and filter what people can see and i'm not saying we don't need to make sure that we don't need to be careful on platforms like facebook and and not saying that at all but the people, like, we want access to information. We want to watch what we want to watch. Right. And it's no longer, we don't live in a world that's controlled by four or five cable networks and a handful of newspapers. And I know it's so uncomfortable for people, mm-hmm. but that's the reality of, and it's, it's a, it needs, in a way, this, we needed this disruption badly.
1: I think so. I think it just helps us to get our bearings again, too, because there's just we get so used to accepting certain things as a norm. And it's just an opportunity when, when things are kind of shaken up like this. It's, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to, to reassess what, what's important to you, too, and what, what kind of truth you're looking for, yeah. what kind of um, representation you're looking for. I think anything that forces you to ask yourself those questions is
0: Absolutely. progress. It is progress, and I think that that's what we're coming back to is ultimately, like, we we each can only be – we need to be the authority for ourselves, Mm. and I think for women in particular. Self-empowerment? (laughs) Yeah. No, you hate it now. Now you hate it. What I hate is, like, this cultural – this, like, women need to get Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm self-empowered. That's what I hate. Like, why is that our job, you know? Yep. It's the same thing around race. It's like why is it the role yep, of why, every yep. particularly black woman mm-hmm. to educate everyone about race? So, but I think it comes back to for each of us like who I am the authority on myself, what's resonant for me, like where is the truth? Like yeah. where do I where where is my connection instead of allowing other people to tell us what to think? How many people
1: do you think actually Are aware enough? How many people? Because I think, you know, where a lot of this fear comes from is that, especially in like headline culture, a lot of people are satisfied with just hearing or seeing what they see, hearing Mm -hmm. what they hear and going by that and not necessarily marching Mm -hmm. or seeking or researching the truth. Do you think that, yeah, I guess, how many people do you think are actually searching for that?
0: I, I was talking to a friend who's a psychiatrist and a very wise guy. And he was saying that we were talking about it sort of in the context of Goop, but he's like a third of people are there, like they're they're sort of like bought in. A third are open to change and like are starting to sort of come awake and in mm. thinking about the impact of their own lives, like what they're taking in, why they have – like they're starting to look under the hood – of why is this particular thing so triggering or why, when I see that woman, am I like, stop being so full of yourself, you know, that mm. sort of that reaction that I think that we have. And then he's like, and the third are intractable, you know, like you'll never reach them. You'll never touch them. Mm. They don't want to change. And that seemed, that made sense to me. Like, I feel like we're, we'll never have every, like, if, there are people who want to put their heads in the sand and cling to what they've always known. And that, but I think there are a lot of people in this country who are movable.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to think that. I really would. Yeah. But I also am like, oh, am I just around most of the people that want to be movable? And, you know, there's just a, a larger percentage of people who
0: aren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hear you. But I think, like, I cling to the, you know, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Mm -hmm. And who knows what happened in that election to to manipulate and sway people based on fear. You know, I definitely think we're all really capable of being scared and letting that drive us. You know, I think, you know, I think that's the primary factor. And it's like if your fear is exploited, wherever you are, you're not operating from your highest self.
1: That is so true.
0: And and so it's like getting people out of that state and holding them there with like the reassurance of like a better, kinder future. And it's it's just that's hard work.
1: Bless the people that are doing that hard work.
0: Thanks for listening to my conversation with Issa Ray. For more on Issa, head to Issa That's I-S-S-A-R-A-E. And make sure to go check out her new movie, The Photograph. Starring Issa Ray, playing now. That's it for today's episode. If you have a chance, please rate and review, hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes, and pass it along to a friend. Thanks again for joining. I hope you'll come back this Thursday for more. And in the meantime, you can check out goop.com/the podcast.